I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched another Talk Cartoons short. Um, This one was starring Bimbo and it's called The Bum Bandit, but we only watched it because Betty Boop is also in it. (laughs) Uh, We don't care enough about Bimbo to watch something just for Bimbo. I'll go ahead and do the brief spoiler-free plot synopsis. This is our first short where I feel like there's spoilers (laughs) spoilers <laughs> um so i'll do a non-spoiler i'll i won't have spoilers here in my little synopsis but like i would suggest just check it out it's on youtube it's like five or six minutes it's not long it's called the bum bandit from 1931 just watch it um but basically um we start the cartoon meeting our bum bandit who is kind of showing what a what a rough and rolling guy he is and then he's gonna stick up a train um, and we see that Betty Boop is on the train and also apparently Mickey Mouse. Um, <laughs> they're both they're both on the train. The train gets stopped by the bum bandit and then he's holding everyone up. Um, and that's all that I'll say. Um, but that's the the gist of the cartoon. Um, I would. Yeah, just just watch it. It's it's short and it's a lot. I think it's safe to say, even if this isn't necessarily one of your guys' favorite cartoons, I I feel like this is the short that you guys have had the biggest reaction to so far. Yeah. I think you, I feel like you guys enjoyed watching it, whether or not you would actually consider it one of your favorite cartoons. Yeah. How how do you guys feel about it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say possibly it's my favorite so far, but it, it was really funny. Just and so many surprises, just surprise after surprise after surprise that just was funny and just yeah. compelling. It was silly, but yeah. it was very entertaining. Yes. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this short too, or I wouldn't have showed it to you guys um, unless it was historically important, which this one is not in any way. Um, <laughs> but this isn't the first time Mickey appeared in a Fleischer cartoon? Definitely not. <laughs> um, and I wonder if the done, done. Done. It had probably it had probably already been a staple. Had that been a staple? I imagine okay. so. I don't know for sure, but I don't. I didn't see any like notes about this was the first to use that. Like, I don't think so. But yeah, I I enjoy it. It's a cute cartoon. Unfortunately, it's I believe that's in the public domain, which is why it wasn't put on the Blu-ray release of Betty Boop cartoons by whoever holds the rights to the ones that aren't in the public domain because they're cowards. So they just even though they could very easily do really nice versions of all of the um, ones that are in the public domain. They just don't. So there's a bunch, there's like half the Betty Boop cartoons just look like butt because (laughs) no one has bothered to put them out looking nicer, which is unfortunate. Let's start talking. Let's. I mean, I honestly though, like half of the shorts, I feel like we don't do a let's get specific, but you know, let's get specific. (laughs) Um, I, I, I just have two main notes. One is that the name Betty Boop goes by in this cartoon, um, is a reference to the 1930 film Dangerous Nan McGrew. Mm. Um, and also you might've noticed that Betty Boop does not sound like Betty Boop normally sounds. Mm. Uh, she is not voiced by any of her normal voice actresses, but by Harriet Lee, Mm. who's just doing a notably different Betty Boop voice. She, she just sounds... She doesn't have that, like, accent, like that kind of way of Betty Boop 
talking. It's like, I prefer the way that Betty Boo normally talks, but it's fun as a one-off, you know? Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. But now that you mention it, yes. I'm going to go ahead and say now, just because it's it's kind of, there's not like a whole lot of plot besides kind of the spoiler stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and say that now we're going to start talking spoilers. So yeah, I, I would suggest go and watch this cartoon. It's short and uh, it should be a, a cute little, a funny little thing to watch. So anyways, yeah, let's talk about the story and the characters in here. You got two main characters, the bum bandit and dangerous Nan McGrew. It was just so, so, I love how the bandit comes out of this rock that like opens up with a hinge. And then I don't know what was up with his guns, but his guns would be like really wavy and like almost rubbery, the ends of them. But then too, at one point when he was chewing something, his gun was chewing with them. I mean, just so much that just was so silly, but surprising. Things that I have not seen done. So really interesting. And then... He would hold up a lot of different things and like, I don't remember if it was a bear. Wait, it was a squirrel, a squirrel. squirrel, Like he shot a tree and the squirrel comes out and then he's holding up the squirrel. And so it drops its, all its fur and he takes its fur. He takes the fur off of him. He's like, what's in the bag? Oh, okay. Later later there's a different character who drops their fur. Oh, okay. Okay. So yes, they're the squirrel. He takes the, the squirrel's fur and just, and even like he's trying to, I love how he has the ability when he is stopping the train to pull up these metal tracks and tie them into a knot. (laughs) He's strong. Yeah, I guess so. Even though he's got noodle arms. Yeah. (laughs) I alluded to earlier the sneaking music. It was a really funny sneaking scene where he's, you know, comes out of his hiding and and is sneaking around. And and then when he is also doing target shooting at a can, (laughs) a worm comes out. And I forgot what the worm says. But... There were there were just surprises like that. He'd shoot something, and then something would come out that you're not expecting. And of course, he keeps holding everything up and robbing everything. Yeah, there's like a lot of silly one-liners. The squirrel that you said, he was like, "Oh, my fur coat," and the uh, worm, I think, was like, "Ah, my surgery" or something like that. Just like <laughs> I feel like the worm thing was definitely a reference to something. That, that we don't know anymore, and almost a hundred years later. Um, <laughs> oh no! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but there was just lots of silly one-liners. What'd you guys think about Mickey Mouse being in the shorts? That was interesting, but it was gross how Mickey, like, just went to the skeleton or something. Just dropped his whole, like, body except for the skeleton. Yeah. Because he was scared. Yeah, that was very bizarre. But yeah, I was like, that looks like Mickey Mouse. Yeah, it's just just an off-brand Mickey because they could just put off-brand Mickeys into things at this point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, Leah, let's let's talk about... So when we first see Betty Boop, she like climbs up to oh, the top, the, the the front of the train to tell the train conductor that there's a, a bandit up ahead or whatever. The train conductor seems to be terrible at driving trains because he just like pu- is pulling everything out as he's trying to stop the train. He's destroying the train. Yes. But we want to talk about the the turn. Yeah. Well, hang on though. But what was amazing, man? Talk about agency. She's in the very back caboose, like at the, the end of the train, and then she just like leaps up and just runs across the people hanging out the windows. And then she leaps on top of the train. And again, she runs, she's wearing boots and everything and jumps in there. So, I mean, gosh, like, like superpower, kind of like a Marvel, you know, a Marvel character. She's just, even just, around. even just from that first part of the cartoon, uh, like the extent to which she has, 
agency and character in this cartoon is like so much more than her debut cartoon where she's like a bit character basically Mm -hmm. and then yes such an interesting turn so she she has a disguise and she bites the bum bandits gun and then takes off the disguise and is like and shoots I'm bullets dan- yeah and she's like i'm dangerous it. nan mcgrew and she's like you think you're so tough and then she has the reveal that he's got like seven children with her that he abandoned because he was gonna go get a we cow, get a cow yeah. he was gonna go get a cow and she's like Do you find that cow yet and, and presumably it's been like years or months or something and she she's just like berating him and everything and like making him look ridiculous. And then she steals the front part of the train and him and they ride off together. And then they close the window and hang some of their clothes out on the thing with the obvious implication being that they are perhaps making some more babies now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought she said 17 babies. I think oh, maybe. 17. Sure. That sounds right. That sounds like a, the correct amount of hyperbole. Yeah. Just a ridiculous thing. Yeah. She has a picture that shows like a bunch of, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's so funny because she comes at him again, spitting bullets. And she's and singing then, this song. And then, and then there were so many ridiculous things because she like, walks him into this like pond and all the fish jump out and even one of the fish reach in and get a fish baby and they all because everyone's like afraid of her when she goes into the water there's no like gurgling sound effect or like any effects on how her voice sounds and at first you're like okay i guess they're just not doing that but then you notice that the bubbles are popping up and it's like her voice is coming out of the bubbles they're popping as she's singing mm, I yeah notice that yeah like it's like like the bubbles are going in the rhythm of her singing yeah and i was curious if you knew the the syncing whether they recorded and then did the animation or vice versa it I, i'm not sure all right because it didn't seem like totally off to me. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I'll, I think some of the things is also just kind of their style because they continue doing this into like Popeye and everything of like, sometimes they just choose to like, I, I'm assuming that they are um, improving stuff after they've already animated it. So there's no like movement of the lips on characters and stuff sometimes. Like sometimes they'll just like, have these little lines or whatever and it's like there's no movement there it's just like this it's almost like you're watching this and with a friend who's like commentating over the video footage (laughs) sometimes yeah and then there's there's plenty of times where they're clearly talking but like there's there's a lot of stuff where there's just little comments and and stuff here and there that are clearly not animated that the assumption that i have is just that that is added in after, like, later, they add that. They're like, let's spice this up with a few more lines or whatever. Yeah. Another interesting thing is, what was what was her husband or the, the bandit's name? Ned? Oh, I don't no, remember. No. The bum what? bandit. The bum bandit. The bum bandit. At one point, he shoots the... the uh, the train, the the, and it and it like flattens out. It like dies, but then that's the one that they jump back in. So yeah. I guess maybe it just fainted. I don't know. But so many things with animation that like that that I was just not expecting. Yeah, just funny, silly. It's pretty delightful. Just very silly. Anything else with story, characters, or even animation? We can. If you have any animation notes, I guess it feels like. This one's a little bit more risque, I think, than anything we've seen. 
Uh, you can but, definitely feel that the haze code isn't in effect yet. <laughs> yeah, like, I forget what they sell, say about something about hell. And then, like, as people are throwing things, like, somebody throws in, like, a corset or a, a girdle or something. Just just silly things like that. And then, of course, the end of the cartoon implies that they are, like, doing it in the front of the train. I know, I know. <laughs> well, oh, so it shows I, some of their undies on a line. So. I do want to say, uh, real quick, back to when people were throwing things. <clears throat> I, too, like that thing where they, he just lays out a blanket and then everyone's throwing their belongings on that. But there was, like... I don't know if it was a leg or a big boot. So, like, did someone throw their prosthetic leg or was it one big long boot? I wasn't sure because it either seems equally plausible. (laughs) Yeah, very silly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I agree that this one more clearly kind of shows, honestly, what some of the appeal of the of the Fleischer cartoons of this time were, and of Betty Boop as a character is that they kind of do more risque humor with her until 1933 where the Hayes code comes into effect and that neuters Betty Boop like really harshly. And she just kind of fades out over the thirties while Popeye just continues to be more relevant because in the forties is the war. So um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And it's also just kind of a shame. The Hayes code sucks. I, there's anyone who defends the Hayes code should go die. Honestly, like the Hayes code is terrible. They should, because it it really, it genuinely hurt, like, so many people for so long. And if you think that it was at all good, then you're bad and wrong. That feels strong out of context, but yeah, like, the the effects that it had on... It's still affecting everything today. Yeah. We've We've had to just, like, crawl towards, like, being able to do stuff that they were literally doing in the 20s and 30s. Because for like 50, 40, 50 years, you just couldn't do that stuff. And so then that sets things in stone because those 40 and 50 years is still during the period where film and then television comes to life during that period. Like there's it's a period where these mediums are being made and being refined. And so like the way that queer people are represented in those things, which is always negatively because that's all the Hayes Code will allow that gets cemented even after the Hayes Code is gone to where it's just like slowly trying to undo that stuff. Like it's it's ruined our our cinema for so long and it, we're still feeling the effects of it. It's If the Hayes Code had never existed, there is a strong likelihood that we wouldn't still be mocking Disney constantly for a complete lack or like really poor showing of queer characters because they probably could have had like some sidekicks or whatever way before now. Like if it hadn't been a thing that was just not okay for like, like half a decade or half a century, it wouldn't be at the point where it is now. We'd be further along, you know, it's, it's so frustrating. For sure. Like it, it sets the expectation of the sorts of queer stories you can tell. And that is, that they all end poorly. Exactly. Like, and obviously all of that affects real people in real life because it's representation. It's not just a lack of representation to queer people, but this bad representation to straight people who then see pe- see queer people as what's being represented here. Yeah, it's, it's like people have... The Hayes Code has 100% killed people. Directly? No. Indirectly? 100%. So... Anyone who defends it is bad, but I also have never seen anyone defend it. 
I tend to stay in circles where no one would do that. I don't even know if, I don't even know if, like, people who hate queer people even, like, know enough to care about the Hays Code. Yeah, it's definitely something that feels more, that is, like, an unseen force or just, like, only those affected by the industry in the industry are like, oh, yes, I know I have to deal with this. But for most people who are watching cinema and, and television and stuff, it's it's easy to be unaware of of this force and just assume like, oh, this is... This is just the way it's been. Yeah, this is just TV. This is just movies. Like, what's the problem? This is a good discussion, but wow, we've gone off topic, um, which is I my fault yes, entirely. Totally entirely fault. my fault. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else with story, characters, animation? Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? I mean, de- decently well. Um, the, the animation is older. The Unfortunately, the video file that we have is is very bad quality, but that's not on the original short, obviously. Your mileage will vary with some of the jokes as to if they're actually funny. Um, I that, that worm... Yeah, I, the worm joke. I'm not, sure. I'm not sure. It feels like that could be anti-Semitic, but it I might also just be like imitating like a Jewish comedian of the time or something. I don't know, but it, that part feels a little iffy to me. The, the surgery and, thing? Yeah. Oh. The, I... the, the particular, yeah. Um, but then obviously there is during the holdup scene of the train, we do, we do see a uh, African-American stereotype briefly. Yes. Um, it's, it's a pretty quick thing, but it's there. Like it's a hundred percent, just a negative stereotype right there. And yeah, I mean, anything else that comes to mind for you guys? No, just on the positive, I love all the agency they gave Betty Boop's character. Yeah. I mean, you uh, you could maybe be like, oh, of course she still has to be a mother who has a bunch of kids, but she's also beating the crud out of this guy, and it's like, obviously and- a bandit also, <laughs> so good for her. Well, yeah, and in fact, she says you're going to come back and take care of your kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite part of the cartoon? I think it's pretty easy for me. I didn't particularly enjoy seeing Mickey's skeleton. And uh, obviously, I also didn't like the uh, black caricature, but that was so, like, quick that I honestly had forgotten about it before we watched it again here. It's terrible, but the Mickey one stands out in my mind a lot more because I just have to see the skeleton. And I'm like, eh, I don't don't like that. Yeah, actually, that's going to be mine, too. That uh, I didn't like that. Yeah, I guess Mickey Skeleton as well. I don't know. What was your favorite part of the short? I guess when she comes out, the the When reveal. Betty Boop comes out. Yes. <laughs> the reveal. I'm like, who's this guy? And then she pulls off her disguise and starts her song. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that is my absolute favorite part. 100%. It's yeah. where the short turns like from like entertaining into like nice. Like, yeah. yes, all about it. I was like, you go, girl. Yeah. <laughs> It's a real girl boss moment yeah. for Betty Boo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who is your least favorite character in the short? And I mean, is it just there's the basically two, two characters because everyone else is just like there. Well, I'm gonna say, can I say the conductor because he was a yo-yo head? He did do he something did plot relevant, yeah. so sure. Yeah, it's kind of like, come on, dude. He was. You don't know how to put the brakes on your train. <laughs> you would think that that's a pretty yeah. easy yeah. thing to do, <laughs> being a train conductor, but. Yeah, because it's hard to say that. Uh, yeah, I like the other two. Bimbo, Bimbo is is least favorite. No, he's not doing. Like he his... did anything yeah. terrible besides leaving his family. Right. <laughs> like with within the cartoon, 
he's you just he's the bad guy and he's funny to watch like he's enjoyable yeah yeah uh so yeah i guess conductor yeah, I'll go with that too. Who's your favorite character? It's obviously Betty Boop. Yeah, it's Betty yeah. Boop. Obviously, Betty Boop. dangerous yes. Nan McGrew <laughs> yes. is the best character in the short. She she's she's awesome. so good. Yeah, <laughs> she's awesome. Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. Well, I'm definitely going to recommend it. This is cute, funny, surprising, delightful. I think you will enjoy it. I might give give this a four point two five, and the only reason that I'm not going to rate it higher. And I don't think it's, I'm not rating the quality of what we saw, but I'm just rating, I don't think the animation is, you know, as, as good as, you know, it could be ultimately. It's not on Disney's level, certainly. So, I mean, that's the only reason I think I'm not going to go higher, but I really, I really did enjoy this. So I'm going to say 4.25. Again, just surprising, funny, cute. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I recommend it. Keep in mind, it's a little risque, but still fun. I'm going to give it, I think, a 3.75. It's overall very enjoyable. Yeah, I like it a lot, too. It's very silly. I wish that I had it in better quality, but that isn't the fault of the short itself. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I think I'll I think I'll do 3.75. I gave Skeleton Dance a 3.5, and I like this a little bit more. It doesn't have the same, the repetition problem that Skeleton Dance has a little bit of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's cute and funny. I, I like it. It's a very fun early Betty Boop short. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you. Next time we will be doing another Disney short. This time we will get to actually see Pluto. Mm, and right. like he'll be doing things because we're not going to watch the picnic, which sucks. You're going to watch the second Pluto short. Okay. Which um, probably isn't still great according to you. Oh, it's probably, it's not, it's still not like great, but you'll get to see a lot of Pluto and that's the point, you know? Okay. okay. Um, you know, this will be your first good introduction into Pluto at this point. So yes, come for that next time. Thank you all very much for listening and Thank bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening.